Welcome to the Franchise Hounds Podcast. I'm Greg Macchia, a certified franchise consultant. Thanks for joining me as I interview franchise industry pros to dissect, explore, and discover franchise ownership. Joining the show today is Mark Setterington. Mark is the co-founder and CEO of Island Fin Poke. Island Finn is one of the fastest growing franchises in fast casual, with Hawaiian style poke served in a casual, laid back beach setting. Mark brings 30 plus years of high volume, multi unit restaurant experience to the concept. Hawaiian style poke is one of the fastest growing segments, and they offer three things incredible food, remarkable service, and a ridiculously easy operation. They started this business to focus on family and decided they need a much larger extended family, and that is how they treat each and every franchisee. I hope you enjoy today's discussion with Mark Setterington from Island Finn Poke. Mark, welcome to Franchise Hounds. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. I've never been to one of your locations, but uh, researching this episode, it, it definitely made me hungry. Uh, it, it really, uh, it looks good and it's kind of right up my alley of, as far as what I like to eat. So I'm excited to learn more about uh, Island Finn and uh, I'd love to visit sometime soon. So I'll have to check one out. That's awesome. Yeah. First of all, am I saying it correctly? It's poke rather than pokey. <laughs> depends on who you talk to. I mean, the right way to say it is poke. But, you know, I, I've been pokey since the very beginning. You know, I mean, I, I have guests that come in and say poke. <laughs> so yeah. it's. Yeah, it's, it's a Hawaiian term, right? It's, it's not an Asian term, yep. right? It's Hawaiian, right? Yeah. Yep, it's a Hawaiian, a Hawaiian word that means to slice or to cut. Ah, okay. Okay. So for listeners that don't know, what is, what is poke? Well, the easiest way to describe it for us is it's like deconstructed sushi in a bowl. So you come into the restaurant, you choose your base, white rice, brown rice, or spring mix. Then you choose your protein, and you get three proteins. And we have uh, tuna, spicy tuna, salmon. We have octopus, ceviche, shrimp, chicken, uh, and tofu. And, of course, we have spam. Then you choose – we have five mixed-in veggies. We have edamame, corn, sweet onions, jalapenos, and a house specialty called OG Veg. Then you choose one of – five marinating sauces, which are all house-made. The base for the marinating sauces is Aloha Shoyu premium gluten-free soy sauce. And then you get into your toppings. And in the next row, we have cucumber, pickled ginger, pickled veg. Then it's uh, or it's cucumber, yeah, pickled ginger, pick, pickled veg, then spicy pickled veg, seaweed salad, scallions. Then we have three premium toppings. And that's avocado, surimi, and masago. And then we have crispy toppings. And it's crispy garlic, sesame seeds, uh, crushed red pepper, tempura crisp, crispy onions, crispy garlic, wontons. I mean, it's it's never-ending. And then we have five. Five house-made finishing sauces. Well. Yeah, that, wow, that's that's impressive. You you passed the uh, the test. That was all off 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 a of memory. I saw your hands going right down the line. <laughs> so it, it's kind of like the uh, the chipotle of poke, right? Like is that a tongue twister? But it's kind of a similar. You you go down the line and pick your toppings. It really is. It really is. And the the real. It's funny. I had this. 
this conversation this morning, this afternoon when I was leaving the restaurant with a guest and, you know, she stopped me on the way out. She was sitting on the patio and she just wanted to stop me and tell me how great our people are. And that's the real difference. I mean, would I like to be Chipotle and have, you know, 9 million restaurants? Heck heck yeah, man. (laughs) But the thing that really makes Island Fin different, the secret sauce is our teams. And it's, you get a full service experience in a fast food restaurant. So no trash cans in the dining room. You go down the line and build your food. We run it to the table for you. We get, you get drink refills. We pre-bust the table. We bust the table. Every guest that dines in gets a dull soft serve sample. So we want it to be where your decision is hard when you're choosing where to go, right? And we want it to be real easy. I'm going back to Island Finn. That's cool. What's the history of the brand and, and how long have, had you kind of been thinking about this concept and, and did you intend to franchise it from the get-go? Not even a little bit. No. Huh? I, started, I started working on the concept itself in my, my head and notebooks in 2015. In August of 16, my, my old partner, Paul, called me out of the blue, texted me actually. And told me that he had quit his job of 20 years. Quit his job. (laughs) What are we going to do? So at that time, I had five restaurants in Vegas and five restaurants in Southern California that I was running for a company. And when I was at my restaurants in uh, Southern California, this is what I would eat because it was everywhere. I mean, this is, you know, we're pokies of Hawaiian food, but we're California pokey. So... You know, I flew Paul out, Paul out to L.A. I took him to all my favorite spots. And on the four and a half hour drive back to Las Vegas is when we, uh, you know, created what we wanted. And what we really wanted was a lifestyle. It had to be special. It had to be different. And we were going to just have a couple of restaurants. We were going to work with our kids. We were going to, you know, boat and golf and do all the things that, you know, everybody dreams of doing when they work for themselves. And unfortunately, or fortunately, it just, Winter Springs blew up and had a company reach out and, you know, kind of say, hey, did you ever thought about franchising, which we had not. So I had a food trailer at the time, sold my food trailer for 40 grand, spent that 40 grand on our first FDD and everything we needed to do to franchise. And there's no looking back. I mean, we, we sold our first franchise in September of 18, we opened our first franchise restaurant in Worcester, Massachusetts in July of 19. It's our busiest restaurant, by the way, in Worcester, Massachusetts. And, you know, by September of this year, Jim will open his second restaurant. (laughs) No looking back. I have zero regrets. I love what I do every day. I get to work with my kids every day. They work with me, helping me grow the company. We're a very young company. Our team is very young and very dynamic, but it's been incredible. It's been uh, a master's degree education that I've gotten in the last couple of years, not only from you know my friend dev guys, but 
the entire experience as a whole and going through the pandemic and whatnot. Yeah, no, I'm sure. Well, I'm, I'm glad your original plans to not franchise didn't work out because it sounds like things are, are going pretty well for you. So you, so you did have a, a kind of a background as a restaurant guy. Have you ever, had you ever owned a restaurant or just kind of uh, operated them for others? I owned a restaurant and bar in Queen Creek, Arizona for 18 months. Failed miserably. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm really incredibly lucky. My wife is she's a saint, you know. She's incredibly supportive. We went through that with the bar, sold it after 18 months, you know, lost our butts. <clears throat> and when all of this came up, you know, when I talked to Terry, Terry's like, You gotta do it. And, you know, we did it. And it's, you know, sometimes I wish she'd learn how to say no and you know, then there's other times when I look back and I know that she knows what I need and she gives it to me and we wouldn't be where we are without, you know, her and the rest of my family. That's really cool. You get to go through this experience, uh, you know, with, with your family helping you, helping you build this, you know, systems. That's, that's really cool. Well, the, the, the thing is, I think that had I not failed at the bar the way that I did, we wouldn't be where we are today because that I don't know that you can really truly be successful, you know, without falling down. You know, how do you learn how to ride a bike? You fall down, you get up, you brush yourself off and you get back on it. And I think that, you know, had I had success that first time, it would have, I wouldn't have, I, I, it just would have been a mistake. You know, I wouldn't have learned what I learned and I don't think we'd be where we are today because, you know, it really helps you know what to avoid and where to go. Sure. How did you end up in Florida? Did you kind of want to bring this concept of the California pokey to, to the East Coast? Was that kind of the plan? We spent uh, a couple of years when I worked for Bahama Breeze in Orlando and liked it. Paul lived in Orlando and pokey wasn't a thing in Orlando. So I figured if we were going to do it, we go somewhere where it's new where we got a fighting chance, right? And, you know, we came here and we really dug into the neighborhood. You know, Paul lived three miles one way from the first restaurant. I lived a mile and a half the other way. So we owned Winter Springs, like owned, in a good way. We spent a lot of time in the community with, you know, the high schools and doing local store marketing as, you know, just the – the face-to-face stuff, which you can't put a price on. You can spend a lot of money sure. on marketing, but building relationships doesn't cost anything but time. So yeah. that's why Florida, and it's worked out. We have uh, 11 of our 23 open restaurants are in Florida right now. Yeah, that was going to be my, ne- my next question. So uh, you have 23 open. How many do you have in development? We have 54 total sold. So we have 23 open right now. We will open another... 12 to 15 this year. And then we want to do another 20 to 25 next year. So, wow. That's exciting. I'm counting on you. Yeah. Yeah. I'll see. Let's see what I, <laughs> see what I could do. I'd love, love to uh, be part of that. Um, can you mention a few markets that you aren't in, but that you, you'd really like to be in? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, Dallas, Texas, Austin, Texas, San Antonio, Texas. I, I have a little, uh, a little thing for Texas. Uh, and then I'm from Michigan and I really, really 
think that I grew up in Grand Rapids. I think that Grand Rapids would be a good town for us. And then I think uh, East Lansing, I went to Michigan State, Ann Arbor, uh, where U of M is, Ypsilanti, where Eastern Michigan is. I think that Michigan could be a, a real, the Midwest in general, because we have such success, you know, up north. Jim is our busiest restaurant in Worcester, Massachusetts. And I, I, I say half jokingly, the only thing that, that slows Worcester down is three feet of snow. And that's only half joking because <laughs> he, you know, yeah. he is just, you know, sold $90,000, over $90,000 worth of pokey last month. It's just amazing what what he's able to do out of 1,175 square feet. So while we're talking about Jim and Worcester, like what makes him so successful and like what's what makes an ideal candidate? I mean, it, do you need restaurant experience? Jim was 20 years working for Staples. So Jim, uh, he was, you know, in ma- uh, upper management, whatever. But what Jim does that makes Jim great is he believes in Island Fan, right? You buy a franchise for a reason, right? You want the, you want the playbook. So Jim does, you know, if I say, Jim, you need to post on Facebook three times a day, 8 to 10, 12 to 2, and 4 to 6. Guess what? There's a post on Facebook three times a day, 8 to 10, 12 to 2, and 4 to 6. Jim follows the model. Jim is in his community. If you go, Jim came in for Discovery Day. He gets out of his rental car in Winter Springs, little bitty rental car, like a, a Honda Accord. I say little, little bitty because Jim is six foot 10. Oh, wow. Jim gets out of the car. He's in the parking lot. I'm standing with my family getting ready for this discovery day. And I'm like, there is absolutely no way he's going to be a good franchisee because he's scary. He's big. <laughs> he's intimidating, right? Jim, so, so he was your fir- he was your first, right? Yep. So Jim, not the first sold, but the first open. So Jim comes in, he has to duck down to get in my door. And, you know, after that, there's no looking back. He's a hugger. He's a teddy bear. Jim is, Jim and Marilyn, are the sweetest couple you ever meet. And they love the brand. They follow the model. And that does not mean that Jim is a yes guy because he's not. And the great thing about Island Finn is the fact that you have my cell phone number. I probably talk to Jim four times a week, right? And I don't mean, hey, how you doing? Bye. It's a problem when Jim and I get on the phone. Because when Jim and I get on the phone, it's 30 minutes minimum. And it's, you know, talking about his grandkids and talking about whatever. And we get around to business. But Jim will come to me with ideas. I give him my piece. He gives me his piece. We talk about it, whatever. And that's how our relationship is. So it's a beautiful thing. But that's why, you know, he's successful. His first restaurant's fully paid for. He's open in a second. You know, no SBA loans, knock on wood. He's, he's, that couple is just all in. He and Marilyn are, are something else. Yeah. And he's, uh, he's an owner operator, right? So he's, yep. And do you support semi absentee? I use Lake Nona, the company store, as the example. Lake Nona is completely absentee, right? I'm there part time. I have a full time manager. Um, it is the, you know, third or fourth busiest restaurant in the company. And, you know, financially, my manager's got it just dialed in. And, you know, I treat Melena like, you know, she's family. 
But Jim really started taking off in Worcester when he started acting more like an absentee owner. He hired a manager, 18-year-old girl that's been with him since day one. And Isabel is a, a star. She's like 4'11". So when you see her standing next to you, six foot ten, 10 Jim, it's, it's pretty funny. <laughs> but she is a spitfire. She's a, she is exactly what they needed to free them up and go do more restaurants. What is like the day in the life? You know, what are typical hours, average number of employees and those kinds of things? Well, so the restaurants are open from, from 11 to 9. Most of them go in at 8 o'clock to do prep. It takes two and a half hours to get prep done. You're ready to start serving by 10, 30, 11. But what I tell every franchisee when they come down for Discovery Day, whether they hear me or not, what I tell every franchisee, do you want to make bowls for 50 hours a week? Or do you want to market your restaurant for 15 hours a week, right? Because I pay a manager and Melena doesn't market. She, you know, she's busy. So I pay another woman to go out and do the local store marketing. It still has to be done. But the fact is, I don't have to worry about it. I go to openings for nine days. I'm gone. I was just in... uh you know, Greenwich, Connecticut for 10 days, getting getting Connecticut open. And when I came back, you know, I go into the restaurant that Monday and it's any other day. So it's you have to staff your restaurant properly and a full team is 10 to 13 people. And it's only that many people because at nighttime we use high school kids and they're all part time. Right. Two to three nights a week. And we have our best success with high school kids, right? I love getting a kid who it's, a, it's their first job, right? Because they listen to everything you say. They make a ton of money, right? The kids in my restaurant make, they make $30 in tips up to, I mean, I've seen kids make $120 in tips on one shift building Pokeballs. It's crazy. And then, you know, and then we pay a minimum wage, but they make another, you know, anywhere from, you know, $5 to, you know, 18, 20 bucks an hour in tips that we pay out every day. So the kids love it. And then, you know, like in Nona, we have, you know, Seth is a day one kid. He's 20 years old. He's been with me from the beginning and he works days and can do prep. And then I got a couple of high school kids that get done with school at 11 o'clock and they work during the days. The business people just love the team, the young kids, the enthusiasm, the energy. But that's why, knock on wood, we have a little bit better luck when it comes to staffing than my friends that are in restaurants that are looking for, you know, more skilled labor. I mean, being a being a server, that's a skilled job. Being a being a grill cook. That's a skilled job. And what we hire, we hire personality. Sure. Yeah. Right? We want to, I, I say, I, I want to see an easy smile. And that means when I see you hit the door, my eyes meet yours and my face lights up. There's a smile there because I'm genuinely happy to see it. Right? If the smile is forced or fake, you probably can't work for me because I can't teach you how to smile. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny that this, this type of kind of healthy food and this customizable food, I don't know if that's a thing, but like, it really appeals to that, to that age group of kids, you know, like, 
um, you know, I have middle schoolers and, you know, if I say, Hey, where do you, you guys want to get something to eat? It's, you know, it's, it's Chipotle, it's acai bowls, you know, it's, it's never McDonald's or anything like that. Right. Like they really like that, this, this style of, of healthy food and, and the customization available. When you uh, talked about owners have the option, you know, obviously whether they hire a GM or they hire someone to do marketing, th- that marketing, what, what do you, what does that local marketing look like? Well, for, for example, I have a, uh, every business within three miles of Lake Nona, I have a spreadsheet. And on the spreadsheet is the business, the amount of employees, contact name, and then at the end is a couple of columns of what what we've done. Was it Dole Soft Surf samples? Was it Poke Bowl samples? Or was it just rat cards? And we rotate through. It's never, you know, hit it and quit it. I'm not going to come visit you one time and never see you again. Like to do the local store marketing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, because this is all about. Monday to Friday lunches, right? So we'll take, we have these really sweet little five ounce cups with dome lids and we make five ounce Poke Bowls and, and uh, brown paper bags. You'll have four Poke Bowl samples, four dual saucer samples and some rat cards. And we come in and we just, we introduce ourselves. Hey, I'm Mark from Island and Poke. We're over uh, in the Pixon building by Boxy Park whatever, whatever, give them the samples. And if you talk to the franchisees who actually do it, what they'll tell you is it's amazing how many people that they see from those food drops in the restaurant that week or the next week. And the deal for us is if we get you to taste our food, we got you. We got you. It, it draws more of a lunch crowd than a dinner crowd. The, the local store marketing does. Right. And like for me in Lake Nona, I'm 60 40 lunch to dinner. Some weeks I'm 65 35. And the majority is that of that is Monday to Friday. So I actually do about 70% of my sales Monday to Friday. I like to do the local store marketing because that lunch business, you're still going to get, if you come in with your buddies for lunch, for a work lunch, you're bringing your kids back. Yeah. What percent of the businesses, you know, take out and delivery versus, versus dine-in? Uh, for Lake Nona, about 60%. Okay. So I, in Lake Nona, I'm about 12% uh, third-party delivery. But that that ranges all the way up to 25%. Jim in Worcester is 25% delivery. It's crazy. Wow. So we just rolled out... Um, the Island Finpoki app in February, and we now offer white label delivery. So what we're all working on is converting the Uber Eats and the Grubhubs of the world to the white label delivery on the app, which will make, obviously, all of our franchisees much more money. So who's a... Um, I mean, I guess you talked a little bit about the the lunch crowd and the, the business lunch crowd, but uh, who's a typical customer? I mean, do, do you got a lot of families? And We do. I mean, when... People ask me, what is our demographic? And we don't have one. For instance, the, the couple that I, the people that I talked about, you know, stopped me on the way out the door. It was the mom who lives in the neighborhood, her two adult children that are here for uh, Mother's Day and their three kids. So it was three generations of this family. 
that we're in, one, two, three, four, five, six of them, having lunch in Dole Soft Serve at Island Fund. So it it really varies. I mean, where where we sit, we have mm-hmm. we have an F forty five pretty close. That we have a, a deal with the trainers. I, I feel I feed the trainers on my employee discount. I give them my my employees twenty five percent off, and they tell all of their you know their clients about Island Fin Pokey. So. Um, is it a dirty trick? Yes, it is, but I love it. Um, <laughs> and then we have the Las Vegas or the Lake Nona Athletic uh, Performance Center, a, a really high tech gym right by us. So it's a very, you know, uh, broad range of people around us. And my demographics are the worst in the company. So we look for we look for hospitals, we look for schools, we look for you know business parks because we know that we're going to do a pretty significant. Monday to Friday business. And uh, you, you referenced that the Worcester location is, I think, you know, 975 square feet. But is that uh, like, what are you typically looking for in a in a location as far as square footage? So, Jim, Jim is 1175. We just opened our smallest in Greenwich. Greenwich is 950. Okay. So, his walk-in cooler is actually in the basement. Our sweet spot is right around 1200. 1200 we want feet, yeah. 12 to 1500. Any more than twelve to fifteen hundred, and you're wasting money on rent. Yeah, and we don't. We're not about spending unnecessary. Sure. Money. And um, how about as far as like, do you, do you have population requirements or thresholds to to put a new location? We do. We have. We 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 use CBRE as our real estate partner, so we have we have very specific uh, demographics for the one three five, the daytime one three five that we look for. So. And what are you seeing as once agreements are signed, uh, you know, from site selection and, 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 and build out before someone can be open? Nine to 12 months. And I, and I say that okay. because uh, we just signed Tracy Eagler in Broomfield, Colorado in February, and she's at lease. So. Uh, so I'm in Boulder, Colorado. So I guess I'm going to be visiting oh. one of these pretty, pretty soon. Yeah, yeah. I know. Well, let me know yeah, when you're yeah. out in Broomfield. Oh, definitely. And it, what, what's great about Tracy is she wants to be open. And everyone says they do. But Tracy is, she's got uh, an agree, agreed upon LOI, no lease yet. Mm-hmm. And she's already been introduced to the architect. And she's just like, well, I'm going to sign my lease, so let's go. So by the time she gets her lease finalized, she'll have permittable plans so she's working this stuff on a parallel path, and she's just super aggressive. And it's the same thing with Steve. Steve's in Miami Lakes. It's been a struggle to find a spot down there. He found a spot. The LOI was agreed upon and countersigned yesterday, and they're telling them him that he'll have a lease by Wednesday. So same thing with Steve. Steve is with the architect now already talking about permit expediters because, you know, this guy wants to get it and get open. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And then I've got, I've got franchisees that have been in site selection since last September and are just, you know, they're, they're taking their time. You know, it's, you you can find something wrong with every spot. Sure. But, but, you know, not every spot is going to check all the boxes, but we're, we're really pretty lucky. This Broomfield spot is in a, Really nice lifestyle lifestyle center, um, Target, 
I mean, really not really nice co-tenancy and uh, kind of the same thing in uh, Miami Lakes. That's great. And and what does initial training look like for, for an owner? Do they come down to the, the Lake Nona store? Or? Yeah, they come down to Lake Nona. They get the whole team for five days. They're here Monday to Friday from eight to four. And then we come to you. So you get uh, Taylor, who's my training manager for the company. Uh, my other daughter, Zoe, who is the operations support. And you get them for nine days. So they show up on Thursday, do the, do the initial prep with you. Friday, we start training your team. Saturday, we train your team and do free bowls. We're off on Sunday. And then the next week, Monday to Thursday, the girls are in your restaurant open to close with your team. Friday, they're there from 8 to 4, and then they head out. So you get a ton of support. And like I said, we opened Greenwich two weeks ago. So this is his, he's in his third week. And I talk to Jamie every day. And it's, it's, you've got Taylor's number, you've got Zoe's number, you've got Morgan's number, you've got my number. You've got all the support you could need. That's great. And, you know, as far as restaurants go, it's, it's a pretty simple model, right? In that there's, there's no cooking, you know, no hood, no grease, you know, kind of none, none of those restaurant complexities, I guess. So uh, what I assume you can get into this as an initial investment, much less than a, than a typical restaurant. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, unfortunately, we all know what's going on in the world in the last six months. And, you know, the item seven actually, you know, took a, took a little bit of a turn because of construction costs. So, I mean, we're anywhere, you know, you can be in from, you know, say two, 220, you know, up to 350. It just depends on what kind of building we buy, you know, so, and hopefully all of that construction BS is going to take a turn here. All of my, all of my, the contractors and my suppliers, you know, drywall and whatever seem to be telling me that the next couple of months we should start seeing things normalize a little bit. So I got to trust them, right? Yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> and, um, yeah. And um, do you guys have an item 19? Is that something you can touch we on? Do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's it's based on, you know, we've got the the mean, the median, and the high sales for the restaurants that were open full year of 21. And then we also have, you know, sales growth for the four restaurants that were open all of 2020 with the pandemic and all of 21. So it's it's a little... A little odd, but we do have an item uh, item 19. But, you know, realistically, in 2019, by, at the end of 2019, we had four restaurants open. And that's, you know, Winter Springs was open the whole year. Worcester opened in July. Lake Nona opened in September. And Wesley Chapel opened in October. Then in 2020, with the pandemic, we opened eight restaurants. Wow. And then we opened uh, 10 last year. So the item 19 will look much different, obviously, the end of 2022. I mean, the, the way that our sales have been trending the last six months is knock, I'm knocking on my, my, my wood here. It's been <laughs> incredible because of a lot of things. Uh, my marketing manager, the marketing plan we're on, franchisees really buying in. To what we're doing and committing and and you just it's like you know watching your kids learn from those first few mistakes and stop trying to 
you know, play, let's outsmart the franchise or, and let's just follow the plan. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, if any good came out of the pandemic, maybe it's that people realize that they, you know, they've got to eat healthier and, you know, they saw that people who weren't taking care of themselves definitely got a lot sicker than, uh, than those who were. So maybe that's, there's a silver lining there. It's true. And, and we were, you know, it, it, it happens that we were a little bit ahead of our time with the food we had chosen to serve. And, you know, we pivoted really quickly to curbside pickup and, you know, no looking back. We, you know, Jim really thrived during the pandemic. Lake Nona really thrived during the pandemic. The restaurants that were open and had equity built up in their communities did very well because what you saw in 2020 was um, guests were shifting, right? They didn't want to necessarily support Chipotle or McDonald's. They wanted to find little guys like us and spend, spend their money and make sure that we made it out. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that says a lot about you guys and, and the relationship you have in the community that you, you got that support, right? Definitely. Well, Mark, this has been great. Um, if a listener would uh, like to learn more about becoming a, a franchise, is your website uh, the best place to start? Yep. Most definitely. Great. Great. Well, um, you know, I know you guys were a franchise dictionary magazine, top 100 game changer for, for 2021 and a 2022 fantastic 500 award winner and um you know i'm really excited to to watch you guys grow and and your continued success it sounds like uh you're gonna have a couple of real exciting years ahead of you and uh and 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 now that i know one's opening in broomfield i'll be uh i'll be one of the one of the first customers so uh thanks again for joining us today i really enjoyed learning more about island finpokey thank you for having me i appreciate it sure thing Thanks for listening to another episode of Franchise Hounds. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you have a topic you'd like us to cover in a future episode or would like to work with me directly to explore franchise ownership opportunities, please reach out through the form on our website at FranchiseHounds.com. Franchise Hounds.